Hey guys, welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm Duke LaMastra, I'm your host, and this is episode 52. What that means is that this has officially been going on for a year now, and so I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who's been a part of this in any capacity. Really appreciate you all for uh, listening and for sharing and for all the stuff that you do to make this channel happen. You guys are amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here with you, sharing with you this week, episode 52. We're going to talk about moving from a wilderness mentality to a promise mentality. But just before we jump into it, I want to remind you, if you're looking for some more resources, visit simplepowermedia.com. That's my online media platform, Simple Power Media. And there's plenty of resources for you there, talking about the power of God, the presence of God identity in Christ, resources and tools to help you grow and advance in your relationship with Jesus. And so check it all out at simplepowermedia.com. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into the topic for this week. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the wilderness experience of the children of Israel versus the promised land. Now, God had been promising a land that he had set apart for his children, for the nation of Israel, for hundreds and hundreds of years. There was this promise of going to the promised land, this land flowing with milk and honey. And that basically just symbolizes abundance. This this land that was going to be just incredible, that was going to be theirs. If you know the story, Israel spent hundreds of years in slavery in Egypt, a nation of people who at the time when they got to Egypt, they were a small nation. They were a, it was a small group of people, a group of people that you wouldn't really consider a nation yet, but they were blessed by God. And so they began to increase and to multiply and their numbers were expanding like crazy at really an unprecedented rate. And the Egyptians the Pharaoh and the Egyptians there, they became afraid that the Israelites were going to grow so big that they were going to take over. And so they perceived them as a threat. And so in order to keep them um, unthreatening, they put them into slavery. The nation of God's chosen people that had all of these promises from God, that had this covenant with God, right? And that God had promised them that he was going to bless them and multiply them. He was going to bring them into the land of promise and all of these incredible promises that they had. But here they are, they are living in another nation and they are forced into slavery. And there in that place of slavery, they really lost their identity. Because even as we see them, when when God calls Moses and Moses brings the people out of Egypt and he sets the people of God free, that they struggled for hundreds of years after that, after the Exodus, they struggled over and over again with going back into idolatry and looking to other gods and looking for other things as their source. Moses, he leads the people out of the land of Egypt and they end up in this wilderness or this desert type situation. And it took them roughly two years to go from Egypt to get to the point where they're on the the banks of the Jordan River. And when they cross the Jordan River, it's on the other side, the land of Canaan, which is the land that God says that he had sworn to their forefathers that he would give them. 
the land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, the land of promise, the land that the Bible says that God would use uh, the, this kind of terminology. He would say, this is the land that I am giving to you. He had set it apart for them. And it was the place that he had ordained for them to walk into. All right. Two years after leaving Egypt, they make it to the banks of the Jordan River. Now, they weren't just walking that whole time. It actually wasn't really all that far from Egypt to get to the land of promise that God had for them. It wasn't that far at all. They could have made the journey probably within a couple of weeks, but it took them two years to get there because they were camping out and they were, you know, just doing different things. God didn't have them just go on a straight path. He had them out there in the wilderness for a couple of years. And so they get to the Jordan River and you'll find this in Numbers chapters 13 and 14. And in these passages of scripture, this is where Moses, he calls for one representative of each of the 12 tribes to go in as spies. So he has 12 spies and he sends them into the land of promise. He sends them across the Jordan And they are supposed to spy out the land and come back with a report. They're supposed to report back. What do the cities look like? What do the armies look like? Are there giants in the land? What does the fruit look like? They were supposed to get take an inventory and see what they were up against and see what everything looked like. Now, if you know the story, when they came back, 10 out of the 12 spies came back with, the Bible says, an evil report. Now, they came back saying what was real. It wasn't that what they saw was not real. They were not lying. They really saw a bunch of fortified cities there. They saw armies. They saw nations that were armed to the teeth. You know, they saw people that were bigger than them. They saw giants in the land. They saw all kinds of negatives for them. They, but they also saw that the land was incredible. It was everything that God had promised. There were these gigantic clusters of grapes and it really truly was, their report was, it really truly is a land flowing with milk and honey, but they were drawn in their focus to all of the negatives that they would have to overcome. And their assessment of the situation at the end of the day was, we do not have what it takes to go up and take possession of this land. But the problem is that God had already promised that he was giving the land to them. All they had to do was be obedient, but they chose to focus on the negatives. Now, there were two spies there. There was Joshua and Caleb and Joshua and Caleb. They saw what everybody else saw. They saw the difficulties and the and the issues, but their focus was not on the fact that, th- that they were up against crazy opposition. Their focus was on the fact, no, 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 no. Hold on. If God said it, then we are well able to take possession of it. If we have found grace and favor in the sight of God, then we need to go up at once. We need to go up right away because we are well able. We are prepared. We are equipped to take possession of it because it's what God has spoken. Unfortunately, it was too late for Joshua and Caleb because the the news of all of the difficulty and the trouble and the armies and the giants and all of the fear just spread throughout the camp way too quickly to the point that the children of Israel began to murmur and complain and they chose to not go into the land. They rebelled against God. And so God sent them back into the wilderness and they went back into the wilderness for 40 years. And so for 40 years, the nation of God's chosen people that were right there on the edge of promise, they had to go back into the wilderness. Now, 
That was not God's desire. God wanted to take them into the land of promise, but obviously there was something going on in their heart where they were not ready to cross over and to take possession yet. They had an opportunity, they had the chance to do it, but there was something on the inside of them where they were just they were just drawn away to something else. Their trust for God wasn't solidified yet. They didn't have that place. They didn't feel like they had authority. They didn't recognize that they were already in a place of victory. They didn't have to go in the land and try to get the victory, but that they already had it because God was already giving it into their hands. You see, God had this way of leading his people into impossible situations where they were up against an enemy that was way bigger and way better trained. Remember, this was a nation that just came out of slavery for hundreds of years. Everybody there grew up in slavery, except for Moses, who set them free because he actually grew up in the Egyptian with the Egyptians. But all this entire nation that grew up in slavery, that was all that they ever knew. They didn't know how to fight. They didn't know all this stuff. So of course that they, of course there was uncertainty and there was fear. But if they would have just paid attention to what God had said, they could have gone up and taken possession of the land because like Joshua and Caleb declared, we are well able to overcome it because we found grace and favor in the sight of God. In other words, the New Testament scripture for that would be if God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? The answer to that question is nobody, nothing. It doesn't matter. Nobody else counts. The opinion of, of nobody's opinion counts except for God's opinion. And when God says that you are well able because of what he has deposited in you and because of his supernatural ability to move you and to advance you and to increase you, that even when other people declare that they're against you and when other people uh, do things that are against you, it doesn't matter because you cannot be defeated. You just can't. You can't be defeated. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved you. The Bible says that God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. That is the reality that we live in. But we had this entire nation of God's people. They were so overwhelmed by what they saw in front of them that they couldn't focus on what God had said. And so it caused them to go back into the wilderness. And so we have this wilderness experience. This is what I want to get to. This wilderness experience for the people of God for 40 years. And it's really amazing what takes place while they're in this wilderness experience for 40 years. They're there experiencing God's provision. They're there experiencing like God's presence. God's glory is in the midst of them. And we see how God supernaturally provides for them every single day. When you just think about the area that this nation of probably like low estimates would say that this was probably a nation of about a million people. This was a lot of people. This wasn't a few hundred people. This was a bunch of people. But God was providing for them supernaturally every single day. Every single day they woke up. And there was manna on the ground. Well, six days of the week on the Sabbath, they weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath, so they would collect twice as much the day before. But they were supernaturally provided for food, water. God would bring water out of rocks if it was necessary. Just all kinds of stuff. God provided for them in crazy ways. The Bible talks about how even their clothing, it, it, their clothing, their shoes, like they didn't wear out. They lasted. It was like supernatural provision 
but the goal was not to just stay in that place, even though it was glorious to an extent, the goal was not to stay there in that wilderness experience. The goal was to cross over the Jordan River and to actually experience God's favor upon their labors, upon the work of their hands as they conquered and as they set up shop and as they built their cities and as they did all those things. The goal of God was to bring them into a land of abundance so that they could partner with the heart of God, establishing themselves as God's chosen people, establishing them as a nation, as a force to be reckoned with in the earth. The desire of God was that they would partner with the heart of God, that they would work, that, that they would have purpose there that they would prosper. And I think that we very often have it backwards. And you know what? I love the testimonies of, well, God just got me through. You know, I was I was going through here. I was at the bottom. I was struggling. God supernaturally showed up and he brought me through. He brought me out. And I love those testimonies. I have a lot of those kind of testimonies. And I know lots of people with those kind of testimonies. But the ultimate goal of God in your life is not just that he'll be rescuing you every single day, every step of the way. And I hope this is not coming across as negative the way that I'm saying this. But the 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 extent of God's purpose in your life is not just that he would be rescuing you from the from the darkness and from trouble over and over and over again, but that he would establish you in a place where you have so much grace and so much favor upon your life that abundance is the way of life for you, where prosperity is a way of life for you. And I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. There's no such thing as the prosperity gospel, but the gospel does include prosperity and the assignment that God has given you, it includes prosperity. That's not the only focus. It's not all about being rich and having huge houses and great cars and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe there's anything wrong with having a great house or houses and boats. And I don't believe there's anything wrong with any of that. Wealth and increase and prosperity should be the result or the byproduct of your obedience to the call of God on your life. Real success has nothing to do with how much money you have in your bank account or what kind of car you drive. Success is based on your obedience to follow the plan of God for your life. And so within the context of that, God's desire is that you would have more than enough because he's the God of abundance. The New Testament actually talks about how we should desire to work that we should have to give. That work is not just supposed to take care of us and sustain us, but that the work of our hands is actually supposed to be so that we can be in a position to bless others and see others prosper and see others advance. Right. And so the desire of God for you is so much more than a wilderness experience where he's rescuing you over and over and over again. He wants you to live in a place of promise, of victory, of abundance, where you get to actually partner with the heart of God in order to see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have those testimonies and those miracle, uh, those those occasions where God miraculously shows up. And again, I'm definitely not uh, knocking that. I think that it's such an essential part of our walk with the Lord, our relationship with God. He is sovereign and he's good and he's faithful. And so he will just show up for us in amazing ways that surprise us. I'm grateful for that. Hear my heart. There is more. The promised land is representative of something greater than the wilderness. My heart for 
for you and for this podcast this week, what I want you to get out of this is the fact that the promised land is representative of something greater in your life, greater blessing, and that is the desire of God for every single person. He wants to bless you. He wants to increase you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to take you to new levels. He wants to take you to new heights. And it's not just about you. It is because he loves you, but it's not just about you because blessing that comes into your life and stays there did not fulfill its complete assignment. The blessing of God is supposed to come through us so that we can bless others. And I just think that something that is so needed for the people of God is to shift from a wilderness mentality, from a, oh, praise God, he got me through mentality to a promise mentality. I live from a place of abundance and dependence on the spirit of God to the point that his abundance in my life flows through me to bring blessing and increase into the lives of people around me because I have an assignment. I'm not just here wandering through expecting God to just show up and do things and provide and just get me by. I think that's the point of what I'm saying. It's not about just getting by like enough to get by. There was enough manna for that day, but then there had to be more the next time and the next time and the next time. And it was just this ongoing thing. And it was the season they were in and it was amazing and it was miraculous and it was God being good and being faithful. And so again, this is not a condemning thing. This is, I believe that God is calling us higher, that God has called us to another level, to have a mentality that doesn't think from earth toward heaven, expecting God to rain down blessing. Again, that's great. But I think that we can go to the next level, which is we are ambassadors of heaven. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. We are born from above. We are born of God. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Come on, somebody. I didn't mean to get my preach on here, but it's happening where we actually think and we move and we operate from a heavenly perspective with earth in mind. And so it's not us looking for handouts from heaven. It's us partnering with the heart of God in order to see his grace and his mercy and his peace and his joy and everything about who he is established here on the earth. But we get to be a part of it, changing our perspective, shifting our perspective, moving out of wilderness mentality, wilderness thinking, right? And moving into this land of promise mentality where we are not under the law anymore, but we are under grace and it's a new day and you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And what he has for you is so much greater than what you can possibly imagine. And my heart for you, my desire for you is that you would just begin to recognize your position of authority as a child as a son or a daughter of the most high God, because there is so much more that he's got available to you, so much more that he's got in store for you than you can possibly imagine. It's because he loves you that much. It's because he really is that good. It's because he really is that faithful. And his desire for you is to increase you and to bless you beyond measure. God's people went through the wilderness experience but they were on their way to the land of promise. And once they crossed over into the land of promise, now it didn't mean that there was no opposition. There was tons of opposition. Actually, there was more opposition in the promised land than there was in the wilderness. In the wilderness, they were pretty much safe for the most part. 
They weren't constantly up against battles and enemies and stuff like that. There weren't giants that were harassing them, but God provided for their needs without them really having to do much at all to get it. But when they went into the land of promise, they had to face, they had to go into battle over and over and over again. They had to face enemies. But even though the opposition was much greater in the land of promise than it was in the wilderness, they rely, they were able to rely on God's grace and faithfulness to rest in the promises of God to see them through. And I just want to encourage you this week that if you are after the plan of God for your life and you're after the promises of God for your life, if you're experiencing opposition, if you're experiencing struggle, it does not mean that you're not in the right place. It doesn't mean that it's not your time. It doesn't mean that it's not your season. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to turn around and go back the other way. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to go back to where you came from. That's actually a wilderness mentality. That's not a promise mentality. That's a wilderness mentality. You saw the children of Israel over and over again. We should just go back to Egypt. At least we had food in Egypt. At least we had beds. At least we had graves. Like all this stuff, focusing on their problems and always wanting to go back. That's a wilderness mentality to try to go back to the way that things were, to retreat, to give up. But in the land of promise, even though that there will be opposition, you need to remember, you need to know that you know that you know that you already have the victory. You're not fighting for a victory. You are living from a place of victory where you are walking in the grace and the favor of God. And just because there's, there's enemy forces up against you, They're not up against you because you're in the wrong place. They're there because you are in the right place. And the enemy just wants to turn you back and get you to stop and get you to quit and get you to run away and get you to doubt yourself and get you to doubt God and who you are as a child of God and all of that stuff. It's just smoke screens. It's it's his attack to try to get you to quit and give up. But I just want to remind you that God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? You were built, you were made, you were designed for victory. You were made to go from glory to glory. You were made to experience breakthrough in your life. You were made to experience the grace and the favor of God. We were designed for victory. So let's change our mentality. Let's change our mindset. Let's change our perspective. Let's shift the way that we think because we're not wilderness people. We're kingdom people. We're not wilderness people. We live from the promises of God and the promises of God stand forever. For he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to bring it through to its completion. You are a child of the most high God. You are destined for victory and for breakthrough and for promise. Thanks so much for listening this week, everybody. Really, really appreciate it. Make sure if you're looking for some more resources to check out simplepowermedia.com. And if you would do me a huge solid and share this episode out with somebody that you think could benefit from it as well, that would mean the world to me. And it will make sure that we continue to grow and reach more and more people with these simple truths about experiencing God's presence and God's power in our personal lives. So you all have an awesome week and I look forward to being back with you next time. Thanks.